My name is Brother Jerry. Brother, before that, I want us to pray before the word of the Lord comes to you. I want us to pray. Bow down your heads wherever you are as we pray, as we begin the program tonight, this evening. Great and mighty God, the Father of glory, your word declares that the knowledge of your glory shall fill the earth as water covers the sea. Even so, it is my prayer tonight that you will fill us with the knowledge of your glory by your word. So we are full of faith and of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. Glorify your word. Bring us to the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of your truth. We ask that you would reveal this day to us the person of the Lord Jesus and of his wondrous work. And that by this word that your power will go forth to work mightily in the life of the listeners transforming life delivering souls setting the captive free healing the sick strengthening the feeble knees in the name of jesus christ and destroying every power of the adversary in the name of jesus christ i pray amen but I have personally observed something at the Lord's table. And when I make mention of the Lord's table, I mean the communion service that we normally um, have in the house of God. And it is nothing but our attitude towards the communion service. Uh, this topic is an extension of what I started last week. And the topic that I want to share with you tonight is the priesthood of Jesus Christ and the communion. The priesthood of Jesus Christ and the communion. Now, if you are a believer... If you are a Christian, it is very important for you to know the necessity of the communion service which we have in the church. I know that uh, most of you might have, you know, be partakers of this communion service. You take the bread, you take the wine, but what I have uh, by the impulse of the Holy Spirit come to understand is that most of the brethren most of um, professors of the Christian faith do not even understand why they take that bread and why they drink that wine many of us of course are aware that this is what Jesus Christ has instituted but the main ingredients that are into the communion service, the essential things, the elements that are very important in this ordinance, many people are not aware of. And so there is that um, problem where people are taking it, but they take it without 
um, really having the revelation concerning what they are taking in. You know, they take it out of um, out. They take it unwordly. Let me put it that way, and which is not helping most uh, in the church today. And so I will take my time to speak about the priesthood of Jesus and why this communion is very important to be held in the church. Very important for you as a Christian to be a partaker of. And um, I know that after tonight you would have a different perception, different thought as regards the communion. And if you are a Christian and you skip communion service, I believe that after tonight you would with joy um, change your mind and be a partaker of this service, this divine ordinance which God himself has instituted in the church. I must say that there are two important ordinances in the church the new covenant church that are very important to the faith and they are water baptism and the communion this i personally call the old landmarks which cannot be removed from the church both are an outward attestation of grace received and i say again both ordinances are an outward attestation of grace received. That is an open declaration of an, a supernatural grace that we have received through believing in Jesus Christ. So it is something that is openly declared for others to hear and others to see what has happened to us inwardly the change that is inward and which is of the holy spirit and today i want us to go to our opening scripture um it's taken from hebrews chapter 7 verse 20. hebrews chapter 7 verse 20 to 21 and i read from the new king james version and this in as much as he was not made priest without an oath. For they have become priests without an oath. But he with an oath by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and, he, and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. You know, what makes God, the great and the mighty God, is his power and wisdom among other things. You know, you see, God began to write out the genesis of all things. But as he began, none understood the intent of the message until the very moment when Jesus Christ was revealed to the world. When the veil was finally removed from the heart and light was given to understand 
the mind of God, what God was trying to communicate to the world, even from the very beginning of this universe. We know that in Christ Jesus, the priesthood and the communion is being understood by this mysterious being who was introduced in the very beginning of the scriptures by name Melchizedek. The appearing of this man in Genesis chapter 14 verse 18 to be specific um, was I would say an archetype or let me say a perfect example of the priesthood of Christ Jesus. And not only that, and also of the institution of the communion. We see in the Bible that this mysterious being occupied two offices. He was a priest of God Most High, and he was a king, a king of righteousness, and a king of Salem. Now the word Salem means peace. So this Melchizedek, this mysterious being, he was not only a priest, he was also a king, a king of righteousness and the king of peace, <coughs> or the king of Salem. And now people, others, um, it is believed, of course, and I believe that um, the word Salem there was the original name, um, is the original name for Jerusalem. That is, before Jerusalem became Jerusalem, it was called Salem. That is what um, many theologians believe. That is what I personally believe. And the word Salem simply means peace. So this is a man, a mysterious being who is a priest and at the same time um, a king. And according to the scripture, this priest had no genealogy. In other words, he was without mother. He was without father. He had neither beginning of days nor end of life. In short, he was immortal. He was a mystery. And the first time this man was introduced in the Bible, he appeared from nowhere to Abraham. And you know, at that very time when this Melchizedek, this being who was both a priest and a king, appeared to um, Abraham. Of course, by that time, Abraham was Abraham. He was not um, given the name Abraham. He was, still, he was um, called Abraham before God changed the name to Abraham. And so before that name was given to him, Abraham, this man was called Abraham. That is the original name for um, Abraham. Was first Abraham before later God changed to Abraham. And it was at the time that Abraham was Abraham that this mysterious man out of nowhere appeared to him. After he had um, conquered a battle and had delivered Lot and the, the captives and was returning from a battle. This Melchizedek 
met him and uh, the Bible declares that when this man appeared to Abram, he brought out bread and wine and blessed Abram. Now the office of this mysterious being and the emblems he brought out to Abram means a lot to Christians today. Now I want you, to, I pray God give you an open heart because if you understand what by the grace of the Lord I am teaching on, I am treating today, you would have a different perception concerning the communion and concerning the Lord Jesus whom you proclaim as your Savior. Now first, why I am saying that this mysterious, the office of this mysterious being by name Melchizedek and the emblems he brought out to Abraham. That is the bread and wine uh, is important to Christians today is because first of all it speaks of the office, the office of this Melchizedek. It speaks of the office of our Lord Jesus Christ as the king of all kings reigning in righteousness and in peace. And which he freely gives to all who come to him in all sincerity and in truth. Now we know that every king has a kingdom. Every king exercises some sort of dominion over a territory or over um, a kingdom. But the office of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why he is called the king of kings. And why he is after the order of Melchizedek. Is because. The office of Christ as a king. Is superior. And it is superior in the sense that. All mortal kings. All earthly kings shall be conquered by one inescapable fate. And this is death. Their kingdoms will come to an end. They will not be able to escape death. And that is why the kings and the kingdoms of this world are inferior. Because it does not convenient. It, uh, it moves um, through faces, successions. After one king, another would inherit the throne, so forth and so on. And so is the kingdom. One will fall, another will rise. It will fall, another will rise. And so we see a cessation in the kings and the kingdoms. But as pertains to the kingdom of our Lord Jesus, Pertaining to his kinship, it is eternal. The king who is in the person of Jesus Christ reigns from everlasting to everlasting. His reign is without end. And his dominion is from sea to the ends of the, the, uh, the end of the earth. And that is why he is proclaimed as the Lord. 
and the king of all kings. And that is why he is revered. And that is why he is greatly feared above all other kings. For his reign shall never come to an end. You know, there was a scene in the scripture where the Jews said to Jesus, You are not yet 50 years old, and you are saying that you have seen Abraham. And it was a time when the Lord Jesus wanted the Jews to understand that he saw Abraham. He saw the days of Abraham. And the Jews were being agitated by what Jesus said. Was trying to logically tell the Lord that, well, you are not yet 50 years and you are saying that you saw the days of Abraham. You are saying that you have seen Abraham. But when Jesus heard that, he answered and said to them, before Abraham, I am. He did not say before Abraham, I was. But rather, before Abraham, I am. And what does it tell us? That he is the ever-present Lord. The same yesterday. The same today. The same forever. According to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. For he is after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, he continues from everlasting to everlasting. Having no beginning. Having no end of life. That is why if you are serving the Lord Jesus, you need to serve with, 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 with every faculty from within you. Knowing that you are not serving a one who fails or a one whose life is time bound. But he is a king today. He is the king tomorrow. He is a king forevermore. And that is, it, it is to tell you that if you are in Christ and that you are a partaker of his kingdom. You are reigning with him. And this reign in which we are reigning with our Lord Jesus. It will not come to an end. And I always say this. The, the, the hope of Christianity is the fact that we are not afraid of even death. Because to the Christian, death is not an end. But death is a beginning of a new dispensation. A new word. A word which is outside this terrestrial world. The after, uh, outside this physical world. And a word which is called heaven. Where we will continue to reign with our Lord Jesus. Seated by his side. As many of you have been purchased by the blood. And as many of you are following the Lamb wherever he leads you. You would one day understand that which I am speaking to you even by the word of God. For the office of Jesus as a king of all kings is without an end. His dominion continues from the very beginning of the word. And it will continue till eternity. Words without end. And not only that is our Lord Jesus the king of all kings. And whose kingdom is without an end. Superior above all other kings. And above all other kingdoms. Jesus after the order of Melchizedek. Is also the high priest. And he is an high priest forever. Now 
I want you to understand that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior. And it is superior in the sense that it is not after the order of the Levitical priesthood. Under the law, the Levites were chosen to officiate as priests. Now, this priest under the law, the Levitical priest, they stood before God as a mediator. Mediator or middleman between God and man. Now it is required for a priest to offer to God an acceptable sacrifice. The sacrifice by which sins can be blotted away. And shall never be remembered by God. But this acceptable sacrifice, the Levitical priesthood could not offer to God. They could never, they were never able to offer to God that acceptable sacrifice, which can take away sins, which can appease God, and which can turn away the wrath of God upon sinners. And so they by day this levitical priesthood were offering the same sacrifice they stood in the temple ministering and offering the same sacrifices the sacrifice of goats of bulls of sheep which could never take away sins which could never appease god so it made their their priesthood inferior because they were never able to finish the work. Their ministry was a, a repeated ministry. It was not a finished ministry. Now I say again, their priesthood was an inferior. It was a, a repeated ministry. And again, their priesthood was not a finished ministry. But Jesus Christ, who is the high priest and the mediator of a better covenant established upon better promises, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he ended the work. And this was the only sacrifice that was acceptable to God. Because the sacrifice which the Lord Jesus offered was the only sacrifice that could take away sins. Which the Levitical priesthood could never achieve. The sacrifice of bulls, the sacrifice of goats, the sacrifice of sheep. It, it, they were never able to take away sins. And so the guilty would bring to this Levitical priest the, the, the offering of goats and sheep and whatnot. In order that their sins might be atoned, atoned for. But after the sacrifice, they still could um, witness within themselves. They could still experience the guilt of their sins. In other words, those sacrifices of animals could never 
ever deliver them from the guilt of sin. And so over and over, day by day, year by year, the priest, the Levitical priest stood in the temple offering same sacrifices, which could never take away sins, which could never appease God. But our Lord Jesus, after offering one sacrifice, which was the sacrifice of his blood, he ended the work. He finished the work. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 declares that he sat down. Now I want you to notice something so wonderful here. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. You know. Um, the writer of Hebrews is, is contrasting the priesthood of the Levites. The Levitical priesthood to that of the messianic priesthood of the priesthood of our lord jesus christ and this is what he's trying to say that the levitical priesthood still stood offering same sacrifices but concerning the lord jesus he said that after he had offered one sacrifice which was the acceptable sacrifice the lord jesus sat down the levitical priesthood stood the lord jesus sat down and what does it mean he finished the work he ended the work. And so he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Being glorified. He ended the wrath of God upon those who were to believe in him. He finished the work of atonement. Jesus alone could offer that acceptable sacrifice. His life that was shed. Why his blood? Why the shedding of the blood? Because life is in the blood. And by offering his blood, he washed away our sins. And secondly, he gave to us his own indestructible life, which is in the blood. And so it was, uh, as I treated with you last, I think a couple of weeks ago, three weeks or so, it was an exchange. His life given to us through his death. Because life is in the blood. So as the blood was shed, it was his impartation it was an importation, the importation of his life, his indestructible life, his eternal life unto us who will believe in him. And that is the, the mystery of the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now when we turn to the opening scripture, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21, there it is said, that God swore to him an oath and said to him, and I read, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. He finished the work. He sat down at the right hand of the Father, where Christ is seated, making intercession for all sins. And it is written that after the Lord ended the work, then did the Father glorified him. 
He swore to him on oath that you are begotten. You are a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. In other words, your priesthood will never come to an end. In other words, he alone is the priest, the high priest of the new covenant. The only priest who can forgive sins. The whole only priest who can take away sins. Who can deliver the sinner from the power of sin and from the guilt of sin and from the condemnation of sin. And if anyone assume the place of a high priest and tell you to bring some sort of an, an offering. And that he is able to deliver you from a sin. Or that he is able to save you from a curse. Or that he is able to, by reason of the offering that he is asking you to bring. That he can stand as a mediator for your salvation. He can actually pray for your salvation. That person is heretic. And that person has a, de a demonic spirit. And I am not afraid to say that. If anyone is asking you or has ever asked you. Or if you are told by anyone to bring an offering. Whether a bull, a goat, a sheep, what, whatever offering. As a means for your salvation. Without coming as, in, as a means for your salvation. That person is of the devil. There is but one way by which one can be delivered from the guilt of sin. And that way is by coming to Jesus Christ. For he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he is the one who has the authority and the power to officiate at the altar of God, which is not built with physical hand. But it is in heaven. Where God dwells. He alone can speak into your heart. And speak words of forgiveness. And cleanse you with his blood. And save you from your wretched life. He alone can rewrite your story. And no other man. And you ask of what, what about the apostles and the evangelists and the pastors. They are all servants of our Lord Jesus. And that is why you know, every true minister of God will never claim the title of a high priest. And every true servant of God will never seek glory for himself. Every true minister of God understands that he is an overseer, a steward. As if God has given to him souls. And he's so mindful of how he treats those souls. Because he knows that one day he is going to stand before the judgment of God. And he will be tried. He will be judged based on how he shepherded those flocks which have been given to him by the Lord Jesus. And secondly, it is the reason why every true minister of God will lead souls to the high priest. The chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. They never bring people to themselves. I will never stand and tell you that come to me and you will be saved. But every true minister sees himself as a signpost, a signboard, pointing others to the high priest who is in the person of Jesus Christ. For he alone has the power to save, to restore, to deliver, to bless, and to prepare a place for that person in his kingdom. 
Now, in the light of this, the priesthood of Jesus Christ, we now come to the necessity of the communion. Why communion is so important to Christians and why it can never be taken away of the church, out of the church. And any church that does not observe this communion, I am afraid to say, have not the understanding, the revelation of Christ Jesus. Uh, it, it may probably be a religion, but not a Christian fellowship, not a Christian church. Because this is an ordinance which can never, it is ordained by God himself, ordained by the Lord Jesus. And it has a reason, God knows why he asked the church to observe this, the ordinance of the communion, the sacrament of the communion. Now when we read the Bible, God says in the word that Jesus, pertaining to the kinship and the priesthood, would be after the office of Christ will be after the order of Melchizedek. Not only in Melchizedek do we understand the office of Christ as both king and priest, but there is something also that we see. We have I touched on that, but now I want to move into it. You see, when Abraham encountered Melchizedek. This mystery of a man brought out emblems, the bread and wine, and gave to Abraham. Now, what does mean to the church, Christians today, is that these two emblems are symbolic of two things. The body of Christ and the blood of Christ, who is our high priest. Now, last week I mentioned that his broken body, as in the communion, the emblems in the communion, the bread, the wine, are symbolic of his broken body and his shed blood. And this is the exact thing that we saw in the book of Genesis, where this man, Melchizedek, having no beginning, having no end, met Abraham and then gave to him the bread and wine. You know, by this, we can't understand what Jesus Christ was to do, what he was to initiate with the church, the new covenant church. And it brings us to the communion, how, why this communion is very important. The necessity of the communion to us. You know, when we go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 29, that was right before the, um, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord had gathered with his disciples I, I call it the valedictory um, message of the Lord, the words that he spoke before his final um, departure. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 um, through to 29, and um, I read, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, for this is my body. Notice, this is my body. 
that he took the cup and gave thanks and um, gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for money for the remission of sins but i say to you i will not drink of this fruit of this vine of the vine from now on until the day when i drink it new with you in my father's kingdom now there are certain um, elements in this scripture which i will not touch today by um, god's grace i i want to treat them um, next week god willing sunday um, but what i want you to understand that the emblems in the communion service the bread the wine are symbolic of the body of christ which was to be broken through suffering it, it it's, it's just a picture of what jesus was to go through and then the wine symbolic of his blood now um most of you um you i believe that most of you um enjoy bread it, it is possible that you are um you like bread you eat bread you enjoy bread um uh, most of you i believe you take it in the morning in the afternoon in the evening because you like it it is good and i myself <clears throat> i like bread um but have you ever wondered how that that finished product comes out you have you ever wondered the process which the bread goes through before it finally becomes that bread that you eat and enjoy you see um when you are making bread and those of you who have an idea of how the bread is is being made you know that you have to get a dough you know the flour water the dough and the dough is needed it is needed as if you are crushing it you know they have something that looks like um, um like a mortar something that they hold and they, they drive it through the, the through the the dough you know to make it flat and they do it continuously that is what we call kneading it's, it's as if they are crushing the dough um then afterwards it is put in a hot oven for hours um, then finally the finished product now the bread that you enjoy this is the process that it goes through the most of you come to the church you you celebrate the lord jesus you celebrate his wondrous work you celebrate his grace that has appeared to us you celebrate the promise of the holy spirit you celebrate all the manifold blessings that are for us as christians under the new covenant but using that symbolic the symbolism of the the bread and the wine this is what Jesus wanted them to understand. He wanted them to understand the sufferings that he would go through. And secondly, the glory which would come out of that sufferings. And so that is the picture of the bread. As you are needing it and as it's going through all the process, it was to give a picture of his sufferings. But finally it comes out. And that is the glory that we see. 
And we give thanks and praises and we celebrate uh, the wondrous finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the institution of the covenant, and I will treat that next week, we have in the picture something that is never to be forgotten. The process that the bread had to go through, the body of Christ, in order that it would finally become a finished product for us to enjoy. Now, again, if you have ever wondered how the wine is produced, it is also to give the same picture as the bread. Because when you want to um, produce a wine, you know, you know that the grapes are pressed and crushed. Then the juice is that red juice, um, red light juice is extracted out of that, that crushing. And then people enjoy and that is how, that is the process, um, the, the, the process of the making of the wine. The grapes have to be crushed. It has to be pressed. Then the, the red light juice is finally extracted out of it. And so the same way as the bread is symbolic of the sufferings and the glory, the blood also is symbolic to what the Lord Jesus was to go through. That is... The, the, the spilling of his blood through sufferings to the end that that blood which is spilled that blood which, which is shed to the end that it might speak for all believers better things than the blood of Abel hallelujah now the reason the scripture says that concerning the communion, that many take the communion and yet they are sick. They die prematurely. It's because of how they take the communion. It's because they do not understand the sacredness of the communion and what it means to them. And this is what, God willing, next week I am going to treat. Why most professors in the church, they take the communion. And the Bible says that they are sick. And some even die prematurely. It's because they take it without revelation, without understanding. Because if you understand the priesthood of Christ... And if you understand the emblems, that is the bread and the wine, what it means to you in person as a Christian, I don't think that you would ever skip communion. And secondly, I don't think that you would take this communion unworthy. That is the word worthy. Worthy means that without reverencing, without actually um, reverence what you are doing because that communion that when we gather with in fellowship we take it is just a picture of a heavenly banquet jesus said that he will not drink of this fruit of um the the, the wine of a grape till the final day when we shall finally gather in heaven this is one thing that you need to understand. 
And so you are practicing something that is earthly, and yet it is very divine. You are practicing something that heaven has himself accepted. And you must do it with all honor and with all reverence. Next week, God willing, by the grace of God, I will proceed to speak on the three essential reasons why God is serious about the ordinance of the, the communion. And um, it will center on the past. It will, it will center on the present. It would center on the future. For communion is an honor to the priesthood of Christ. It is an act of reverence to the Most High God who gave his son. And before I end this message, based on what I have said, if you are listening to me tonight, this evening, how well are you prepared to face God after today, after next month, after next year, after 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now? How well are you prepared to meet God in judgment? If you are still gambling with your soul, understand that each day is mercy shown to you. Time and tide wait for no man. Secure your soul in Christ. Let your life be worthy of the blood that was shed. If not after death, this same blood that was shed for the remission of sins, it will be the same blood that will be upon your head. But where your soul is secured in him, in Christ, in the blood, you are assured of one thing. You will not need to be afraid of tomorrow. You will not need to be afraid of what would come or would happen. Or what the adversary, the enemy would even bring your way. Because you know that there is a place prepared for you after this life. You have that assurance. You have that indefatigable hope. A hope that can never be shaken. And it is only because your soul, precious in the hand of the Lord Jesus, is preserved. It is kept at a safe place. And the one who watches over that soul, he never sleep. He never slumber. And he is the only person to keep you in perfect security. And the rightful person to commit into his hand your life. For someday you will find that life better than how it used to be on earth and it will be the day when we will finally meet the lord jesus in that koinonia next week god willing i will proceed from here god bless you for making time tonight god bless you for opening your heart to this the scriptural truths of god and i know that as you bind it in your heart and as the spirit of the lord god um, plants it in your heart it will bring forth fruits in abundance to the glory of Jesus uh, I want us to pray 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this revelation on the person of Jesus as pertains to his wondrous work on the cross and of his, the office of his kinship. His kinship would, would never come to an end. His dominion is without end. And of his priesthood that he is the priesthood, the high priest of our soul, the mediator of the new covenant, a better covenant established upon better promises and by which we who believe in him have access to something that is supernatural, something wonderful, something miraculous, even the kingdom, even heaven, which is prepared for us. I thank you that you have spoken to our hearts, and I praise you that today, tonight, you are beginning a new phase, a new walk, a new thing in the life of your hearers. Jesus will be Lord in their lives, will be the savior of their soul, will be the high priest, the bishop, over their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So we proceed in S3, God willing. God bless you once again for making time with us. And so the number is 0558 to those of you who may want to send a message, even on WhatsApp, or may want to um, say something, confined in, or share something, something bothering you, you can get to me through this number, 0558 and lastly, 0558 Same time next week, the peace, the grace, and the blessing of the Lord be with you. Bye-bye. So, Lord Slops. On one side march the forces of evil. All the demons and all the devils of hell. But on the other, the angels.